You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday. Man, first two hours gone by quickly. Heard from Seton along the way. He was in Memphis outside of Graceland. Got a tour. We want to thank everybody involved in that. Uh, people in Memphis, uh, very generous with their time, rolling out the red carpet for Seton and the French Kid. Next stop for Seton will be Houston. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Recapping some of the headlines, the former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores suing the NFL, suing the Giants, suing the Dolphins, suing the Broncos, the NFL teams, the NFL denying everything here. And the question is, what does Brian Flores want out of this? Because Colin Kaepernick settled with the NFL. Is there going to be a settlement here? You don't want to have your owners deposed. You don't want Stephen Ross there answering questions. You don't want the commissioner up there, John Elway up there, members of the New York Giants. This is just like the Kaepernick case. You want to settle. You want to make sure that it doesn't get any messier than what it is. But you also have the allegations of... Did the owner, Stephen Ross, uh, the Dolphins owner, incentivize uh, Brian Flores to tank, purposely lose games? And uh, Ross allegedly offered Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. Now, if he can prove that, and uh, that's ballgame right there for Stephen Ross. I would think so. Poll question for the final hour is what, Fritzy? Did Tom Brady intentionally not acknowledge the Patriots in his retirement <laughs> announcement? 77% say yes. 23% no. Uh, his former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, got the Raiders job. He'll join us coming up in about 15 minutes. Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if he's in Minnesota yet, but he's headed there. And it's National Signing Day. You know, it's, there's a lot of pressure here on these teams. Given what's happened with Brian Flores, Dolphins, Jags, Saints, Texans, Vikings. Is somebody going to hire a minority? The only team with an African-American head coach is the team that brought us the Rooney Rule. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Not a good look for the NFL. And what happened to the Jags with Byron Leftwich? And maybe he's still, you know, tops on their list. I don't know if there's somebody involved in the Super Bowl that maybe these teams are waiting for. The Texans, Vikings with Harbaugh, the Jags, Dolphins. I still think if I'm the owner of the Dolphins, well, I don't know if I'd do anything if I'm the owner of the Dolphins right now, but if Jim Harbaugh is in Minnesota and you didn't want to poach him from your alma mater, Michigan, now that you know that he's interviewing with the Vikings, I'd certainly reach out to Jim Harbaugh if you really, they tried to hire him before he went to Michigan. But if Harbaugh gets announced today, be another whitehead coach. It's a bad look for the NFL. And you know Brian Flores, I don't know what kind of notes he took. I don't know if he told some of his assistant coaches who's going to corroborate this. The fact that Bill Belichick reached out to Brian Flores to congratulate him. And he got confused because he's had both Brian Dayball and Brian Flores on his staff. Plus, I think he has a son named Brian as well. So... Sending out a congratulations. Well, Brian Flores thinks that he's got the job with the Giants. And I don't know if that set him off. Like, you know what? I haven't even interviewed with the Giants. And here's Coach Belichick saying congratulations. Well, that means that Brian Dable already had that job. And Belichick knew that. And Brian Dable probably told Bill Belichick that he got that job. And here's Brian Flores, who thinks he's got a chance for the job. 
And then you find out it's a fake interview. He met with the Broncos. They were hiring Vic Fangio. He found out that that was fake as well. But I don't know. The Rooney rule is from a different generation because African-Americans didn't even get in the room. They wanted, just let us get in the room. Make sure that you at least interview one African-American. That's what the Rooney rule was. And, you know, you want a minority, not necessarily African-American, but minorities. You want everybody to get an opportunity. Now, you would think you would give them the opportunity because they can make your team better. And really, the person who changed all of this was Mike Tomlin, because I remember talking to Tony Dungy about this, that the Steelers, I think we're going to hire Russ Grimm as their head coach. And Mike Tomlin got an interview and blew him away. But if he, if you don't have the Rooney rule, he might not have gotten that interview. But that's still, that's not enough now. And that's what Brian Flores is, he's trying to prevent with other coaches, candidates, the opportunity. Just let us know if you're giving me a fair shot. Because, as he said, I'm not getting a fair, fair shake. Here is Brian Flores on the text back and forth with Bill Belichick about the Giants job. I interviewed for the Giants position. Um, I was set to interview on Thursday, the, the Monday prior. Uh, before, before I interviewed, I received a text message uh, from Bill Belichick saying congratulations on the Giants, Basically, essentially congratulations on the Giants job. There was a little bit of back and forth. And, some confusion uh, because yeah. you haven't sat down with the Giants yet. I have not sat down with the Giants. There was some back and forth, and uh, I just uh, I asked him, Is this, are, you, are you talking to the right Brian? Mm. Um, and uh, as you, you've seen them through the text messages, he was actually uh, – uh, thought he was texting Brian Dayball. Who they ended up hiring. Yes, sir. Uh, I understand, as best I can, the frustration. Because, you know, we heard that he was a... First of all, I was shocked that he got fired by the Dolphins. And then you find out, Flores says that the team won games late in the season. The Dolphins general manager, Chris Greer, told him that the owner was mad that the on-field success was compromising the draft position. Now you have somebody who can corroborate this. They wanted, they wanted to take Joe Burrow. And, I mean, that's why when the Giants say that, I'll give you the exact wording here on the Giants. Pages of detailed notes, analysis, evaluations from our interview demonstrate the depth of our conversation and sincere interest in Mr. Flores as a head coaching candidate. Our process was thorough and fair to determine the most qualified candidate for our head coaching position. Okay. As I've mentioned a couple times, Brian Dable is not more qualified than Brian Flores. First of all, he's got two years of experience. Second of all, he's winning games in an organization where the owner doesn't want him to win games. Don't you want that guy? Don't you want the guy who the owner reportedly has Tom Brady on his yacht? And this would have been during the tampering period. And Brian Flores realized Tom Brady was going to be on the yacht or was on the yacht. He asked to get off the yacht. He did not want to be part of this. I, you know, he's a former Patriot. He understands being on, uh, under the microscope, you know, bending the rules, cheating. And the word that was used this morning from a source with the NFL, Brian Flores is a man of principle. That's it. 
That's who he is. He's a man of principle. Because I said, what does Brian Flores want out of this? And my source said, it's a great question. But he's a man of principle. But probably not a good morning there at the uh, NFL home office. But uh, the Broncos are for sale. You got $4 billion. And the Washington football team is now the commanders. Congratulations. Fritzy goes, oh, is somebody going to go commando? They should have a special day, week six, week 11, whatever it is, Commander, Commando Day. Okay, I like that. That'd be an awkward section on TV, though. It would be. (laughs) very much would would be. (laughs) Where's the Commando section? Uh, Right over, ooh, ooh. And then you do the old joke, they're under there. Under where? (laughs) (laughs) My my five-year-old loves that joke. Todd and his numerology today, uh, fascinating with Tom Brady and why he chose uh, yesterday. If you uh, haven't seen it, we'll have it on the podcast, or you can go to danpatrick.com. I didn't know that you were this whacked out on on numbers. (laughs) Whacked out. Whacked out. You are. I mean, there's a beautiful mind in there. I I will say it's a fascinating. It's not beautiful. There's a paranoid mind, a fascinating mind. Creepy mind. It's disturbing. I, just, I, just, I, I, I like to try to look at things in a different way. Paulie looks at things in a different way, which actually helps the show content-wise and guests and topics. Mine is a little more strange and bizarre. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I just wonder, like, Fritzy's kind of upset. He thinks that because it's 2-2-22, something negative or weird is going to happen today. Now, tomorrow morning when nothing happens, will he still believe in it? What if something does happen? I'm all ears. Yeah. Yes, Marvin. All right, and also... Todd finished number two, two. in his high school class. In junior high school, high school. How about that? I didn't think that, of ha- that. that haunts him. I don't know. I think there's some fun with that, with numbers. And, you know, you can make them say, I guess, whatever you want. But, but what's fun about it? <laughs> I just find it maybe not fun. I find it interesting to like, look at a date or things that happen and why they happen on that date or that time. And if you look at it closely enough, sometimes you can come up with something and maybe there's just a reason for everything that happens when it does. I know. But when it's... Two, 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 two. And 20 days from now, it will be that. And then it'll be 2.22 in the afternoon. That's very frightening to me. Yeah. I could be on the road at that time. And your mind can make you do something stupid because you're so nervous about something happening at a certain day. Maybe the second segment of the second hour of the show Mm -hmm. on two, 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 two. Oh, now you're putting a pox on like the guest that would cancel for 11. No, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Like you're the one that's into numerology. I'm into... I'm into Jersey numbers. When, when you do your snoreboard, I'll look out and I'll see 15 and 23. But and it then, could be a year. It could I, be no, I'm just saying things. I always look at the Jersey number. Like those are always imprinted in my, my memory bank. And that's usually what I look at. I know that you do your snoreboard and you have years and, you know, you have some strange things that you bring up. To, you know, with your content. But seeing a particular Jersey number on our scoreboard doesn't make you particularly elated or anxious. You don't get like a strong emotion either way because you see the number 19 and you're wondering if that's old Astros second baseman Bill Doran or something like that. That yeah. doesn't happen. But why are you anxious? I don't understand. At a certain, sometimes I see a certain number. I'm like, uh-oh. And I wish I was a little more positive. I want to see the glass half full. Like, oh, this is cool. It's all twos. I'll play that number in the lottery and win millions of dollars. Instead, I'm like, that's not good. That's not it's lined up like that. Don't miss every medal, every moment of the Winter Olympics beginning February 3rd, NBC and Peacock. Yeah, Paul. Todd has gone on for too long on this time. Oh! <laughs> Put the bow on it. There you go. That is the bow that you needed. Uh, by the way, great week to be in Los Angeles, to be a Los Angeles sports fan because Rams in the Super Bowl. 
USC landed the former five-star quarterback Caleb Williams, who played under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. And Williams was excellent. He took over from uh, Spencer Rattler. They had 11 wins. Been a long time since USC was a dominant program, but Lincoln Riley coming to town, and if you have an all-out commitment to him and bringing in some of these players, um, you know, Riley is great with his quarterbacks. Williams is really talented. And, and it feels like, you know, when, when this first came about with Lincoln Riley, was he going to stay at Oklahoma? Was he going to leave? And I thought, well, if you're going to try to win a national championship, you have a better chance at USC than Oklahoma, in my opinion. Because if you're going to play in the SEC, there's a whole lot of competition there. In the Pac-12, there's not that much competition. I mean, you might have to worry about Oregon, occasionally Washington or Stanford. Um, You know, Utah's been really competitive there as well, but he's got a chance that... You know, you bring them back to vitality here, and you got a chance to be in the Final Four, play for a national championship. So I certainly understand that. Let me get a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Wheel in Dayton joins us on the program. Hi, Wheel. Hey, DP. First time, long time. It's Wheels, though, by the way. Wheels. <laughs> oh, Wheels. <laughs> Thanks, man. I wanted to break some news. I don't know if I could get the breaking news music. Oh, okay. Here we go. I'm about to change Todd Fritz's life. I don't know if he knows that 2 222 is on a Tuesday. <laughs> I thought maybe he would take this as an opportunity to drop the second D. Down oh, to 1D. Yeah. TOD finally. No, oh, 2. I may have to request that day off. We'll talk about it after the show. Right. So it's 2222 and uh, Tuesday is uh, a little disturbing. I still think if you wear a 2 2. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, now you got content. Yeah. Two, 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 two. And you wear a two. Can I wear like a Desmond Tutu shirt? I'd be a little more comfortable. Okay. With, with All that. right. Desmond Tutu. that. All right. Maybe we get Deuce McAllister. Oh, yeah. Maybe you watched uh, Deuce Bigelow when you El get Gigolo. home. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could take it as far as you want to, Todd. I appreciate that. With your beautiful, your beautiful <laughs> the mind. opportunities are infinite. Your beautiful mind. Sean in Oregon, then we'll take a break. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today? Good morning, guys. Uh, don't let him get to you. Um, I'm real, I think America's real pl- uh, proud of uh, Coach Flores. And uh, this has been going on too long. This is finally getting to it, uh, to the top, and and I hope uh, some other coaches and other people join in and start blowing some whistles, because this is just this is just sad that this has been going on for so long, and I, I think that a lot of people might even protest the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised if I see protesters down there. Yeah, I don't know if you'll see that, but look, anything can happen. Thank you, Sean. Um, I just saw this, Hugh Jackson who was the uh, Cleveland Browns head coach, responded to a tweet about Brian Flores alleging the Dolphins owner offered him $100,000 per loss. And Jackson said the owner of the Browns, Jimmy Haslam, was happy while we kept losing and then wrote, trust me, it was a good number in response to somebody who said Haslam wasn't offering $100,000 per loss. I don't know if he's joking. Well, you can't be joking in a situation like this. Jackson, who's now the head coach at Grambling, went 1-31 over his first two seasons with the Browns. I don't know if they offered him money, but it certainly sounds like that. Uh, If you offered him $100,000 per loss, 
Is three point one million? Three point one million? Maybe something. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, the plot thickens here. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk to uh, Josh McDaniels, the Raiders' new head coach. Back after this, Dan Patrick show. That van that Seton is now headed towards Houston in can be yours. You still have a chance. Today's the last day. Two two twenty two for you to enter the contest. Go to danpatrick.com. We have over uh, 200,000 entries. So thank you for your support. And uh, Mercedes is thrilled. Uh, they, they love the sponsorship. They love the uh, reaction that they get for being a part of this program. Every Sprinter van is expertly engineered. It's a blank canvas. It can be customized. It can be used for uh, camping if you want to, going cross-country if you want to. But expect amazing performance and reliability. The MBUX voice command system, five-star dealer network, and available with a gas engine, it runs like a dream. And Seton and uh, the French kid have nothing but rave reviews of going cross-country in that. So Mercedes-Benz, maybe take a test drive there. Mercedes-Benz dealership, get that Sprinter van and tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Update the poll results as well. We'll be in Los Angeles next week for the Super Bowl. He's uh, the new Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels. Of course, many years as the Patriots offensive coordinator and uh, won six Super Bowls with that team. Nice hoodie you got there with your Raiders gear. What'd you do with all your Patriot gear? We haven't done anything with it yet. Uh I, I I haven't I haven't I haven't been back home since I came out uh, Thursday, and uh, I'm sure we'll find find good use for it. Uh, you in a hotel out there in Vegas? Yeah, yes, I am, <laughs> but not on the strip. <laughs> not not on the strip. I'm a little uh, off the strip a little bit in a little quieter place. What was the conversation like with Coach Belichick when you told him you were leaving? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was a very important uh, conversation for me. And Bill and I, I think, have a deep respect for one another. Um, I'm certainly grateful for all the time that I've spent there and everything that he's done for me and my family. Um, Not easy conversations to have. Um, You know, I I knew it would take a special uh, place for me to leave where I was at. Um, And I and I communicated that with Bill, um, with Mr. Kraft. Uh, and again, those were those were emotional conversations and rightfully so. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time together. They've done so much for me in my career. Uh, and I'm super grateful for the time that I spent there. <laughs> Can you answer this question? Uh, honestly, did the Patriots try to trade for Derek Carr last season? I, I know nothing about any of that. <laughs> oh, that's the right answer. But it just shows how much you love Derek Carr. Yeah. But yeah. Derek, look, I, I'm excited about this. Um, Derek and I had a chance to talk the other day, had a great conversation. Uh, I've competed against him a number of times in his career. He's done a lot of great things in this league, took this team to the playoffs, uh, you know, was, was super competitive all year long. And, you know, it's, and now it's exciting to join forces here and, and see what we can do to put the best group around him. I love the nucleus there. I mean, you you got your quarterback, you got your running back, you got your tight end. Um, I I love Crosby. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, how close do you feel? You're in a very very competitive division here. 
but yeah, no question. Um, yeah, no, look, we have, we have good players and, uh, you know, in the national football league every year, there's change every year, there's a roster construction that needs to take place. And, uh, this will be no different for us. Um, I'm excited to partner with Dave Ziegler and, and in that process and try to uh, improve this football team in every way that we can. But there's no doubt that they had a they had a successful season. Uh, it didn't finish the way uh, that that anybody you know wants to finish. You know it happens for one of us out of 32. But um, you know getting to the postseason, you know four guys in the Pro Bowl here coming up this week. Uh, there's definitely some talented players on this team that we're going to get to know, uh, and we're looking forward to to that process. Best day you ever had as a member of the Patriots was what? Oh boy. Um, my favorite, uh, my favorite memory was probably the 14 Super Bowl against Seattle. Um, you know, and we were fortunate, uh, so blessed to have so many great memories there. Um, I think if, if there was one particular day that I, I might have enjoyed more than the rest. Um, it was it was the first time that we had actually won a Super Bowl uh, where I had where I had children, and uh, mm. I, you know my two oldest kids were at the game and, and got to share in that celebration on the field afterwards with my wife, uh, my father. So um, you know that was it was it was a ten year gap in, in terms of us being able to to win one of those and and to to realize that again and and live through that with your family and your children. It was pretty special. Yesterday was the anniversary of the Malcolm Butler interception. Was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. That's pretty cool. I was at the I was at the goalpost because I'm gonna, okay. I'm handing out the trophy uh, yeah. right after the game, and I'm I'm thinking as Russ goes back because I'm watching Marshawn Lynch because I'm sure. just saying I'm going to watch. I had my phone out. I'm going to watch <laughs> Marshawn Lynch go right in for a touchdown here, and then yep. all of a sudden he didn't get it. Russ goes back, and I go, oh bleep, and oh, yeah. then. <laughs> I didn't know Malcolm had the interception. Yeah. None you? of us did. I, yeah. None of us did. I couldn't. I couldn't tell what happened. I knew there was a big cheer, and and from where we were sitting, you know, we were over there on the bench at the fifty yard line, and it was kind of like, you know, it's down here to the left, and you're not sure. You, nobody had any idea what happened. There was just a big roar, and then we were grateful that Malcolm made that incredible play. He brought it up two days after the Super Bowl when we had him on, and he said Bill walked him through that play. Yeah. Wednesday of Super Bowl week. Yep. Yep. It happened multiple times, actually. Um, I remember, you know, we practiced those types of situations many times. And um, I think there was a lot of guys because Seattle had used that concept uh, with multiple personnel groupings and formations and so on. So there was a lot of our defensive players that I think were prepped and ready for the type of play that was. Um, And we're just fortunate that Malcolm, you know, made such a great play on the ball. What would you have called in that situation? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question, you know, because hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, you know, and and I think you w- what you would call there is the play you had the most confidence in. When I was in that similar situation um, in the Atlanta Super Bowl a couple years later, um, we used our two point plays, and so you know you you practice those for those types of situations. Uh, you don't always have to use a two-point play on, you know, on a two-point play. You can use it at the one or two-yard line in a critical situation. And so um, that's what we had used in 16 um, in a similar scenario uh, when we found ourselves in that spot. Did you ever take it personally when Tom changed your play? No. Never? No. He, he had 
Well, I might have I might have thought mine was better at times, but you know we 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 knew that he understood and and had a tremendous grasp on everything he did, and so whenever that happened, uh, he always had a good reason for doing so. If I told you a month ago that Brady was going to be retired, what would you have said? Um, I would have been surprised. You know, um, obviously he had such an, a tremendous season this year. I mean, statistically and otherwise, and took his team to the postseason and had a chance to make another run. Um, he's such a competitive guy. And I've always felt like, you know, if Tom was playing at a high level, which obviously he was this year, that he would probably keep playing. I think we all kind of, you know, all of us that have been around him and gotten to know him, know him so well, probably assumed he would play until he just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so when he, I talked to him the other night and, uh, you know, heard the news, it was, it was kind of shocking, you know, and, um, such a, such an important and, uh, you know, integral part to the league's history and especially the last 22, 23 years here. I mean, he's, he's kind of been a mainstay in all those important conversations about who's going to win the Super Bowl and what teams are, you know, really in it and all that. And, um, you know, we'll miss him. I'm sure we will as a league. Uh, I'll miss him in terms of seeing him play as a, as a former coach of his uh, and, and look forward to his next chapter. I'm sure it's going to be successful, whatever he chooses to do. You were 32, I think, when you got the Broncos job. I think you're now 45. What's the difference yep. between Josh McDaniels at 32 as a head coach and Josh McDaniels at 45? Yeah, I I didn't think I don't think I had much wisdom then. You know, I knew a little football. Um, I've been around, you know, a good organization for eight years and had learned some things about, you know, what my job entailed there and tried to do it to the best of my ability, but really learned a lot about you know, the the important parts to each area of the organization, how much people uh, need your support, need your impact on a daily basis and how much they value that and their contribution and understanding how they fit into the bigger picture. And I think I have a much different perspective on things now. Um, I have four kids. I've been a parent for a, uh, a lot longer now than I was then. And I think I've just grown in so many ways from the, from that failure and, and tried to implement that in the day-to-day process that I've used as a coach, you know, in the last 10 to 12 years. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to try it again. All right. Help me understand this. Raiders owner Mark Davis said that you told him – that Tom Brady fumbled on the tuck rule play. <laughs> I had to play the other side of the fence when I came here. I, I saw the facility and I said, the first thing I'm going to say to break the ice is that it was a fumble. And so uh, I, I felt like I ingratiated myself to him pretty well right off the bat. If you were still in New England and you saw Mark Davis... It probably wouldn't have been a fumble. Yeah, but. <laughs> probably. Probably. I'm part of Raider Nation now, so it was a fumble. Well, congrats on this, and uh, we appreciate your time, Josh. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate it. That's Josh McDaniels. He is the new head coach of your Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, we always wonder what coaches do when they take another job and they got all that gear. Like, you just have a yard sale? Shouldn't the NFL do yard sales? Oh, yeah, for charity? Yes. It's always about the kids that you just... Send all your, like Sean Payton sends, by the way, Sean Payton sent his visor. The, uh, we have it in the uh, studio. This was game used. That's his last New Orleans Saints visor. The last visor. The last visor. Tonight on the NFL Network, the last visor, the Sean Payton story. 
Yeah, he sent it in, autographed it, and uh, man of his word. Yeah, Paulie. But Josh McDaniel probably holds on to his Patriot gear just in case mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> well, the Colts what? thing. Wow. Too soon? Yeah. He's uh, off the air now. Yeah, it's a shot. Well, I mean, I think he's set for the Raiders. Yeah. But if he threw all out his Colts, you know. Uh, I, now, I was told that they tried to trade for Derek Carr. Wow. Yeah, in New England. That's why he's like, I don't know anything about that. Now you're out of the you're out of the building. You already acknowledged that the tuck rule was a, a fumble. Can't burn Bill though. Man. Hey, uh, Josh McDaniel said on the Dan Patrick show, you guys tried to trade for uh, Derek Carr, coach. Uh, I'm on to uh, preseason. Here. I don't have anything else. To say. <laughs> Any other questions? Uh, you upset that Tom didn't acknowledge the Patriots. Uh, on to preseason. Uh, good stuff. Uh, let me see. Kyle in Pittsburgh joins us. Kyle, good job getting Josh McDaniels on there, Fritzy. Thanks. Uh, hey, Kyle. Hey, how yeah. are you doing? Good, Kyle. Um, just wondering if the MVP for the NFL balloting is complete. Yes. If not, oh, okay. I was just wondering if uh, Brady's retirement would have an effect on how people yeah. would vote. No, it's a regular season award, Kyle. Thanks for the phone call. But uh, maybe it would if you were... Well, who would be the MVP? Because I, I can say Joe Burrow certainly would have a strong case. You go from four wins and you're going to the Super Bowl. If he would win the Super Bowl, if the vote was Monday morning, would Joe Burrow be the MVP if the Bengals won? Probably so. But that's why you have an MVP for the Super Bowl, and that's why you have a regular season MVP. Yes, Marvin? Oh, no, I didn't say anything. I disagreed with you completely. Oh. I didn't have anything to say. I didn't. Oh, oh okay. I think I was raising the roof. Oh. I wasn't raising my hand oh. to say anything. <laughs> oh. Fritzy is in charge of not saying anything. Oh, come on. Wow. What? what? See, you, you, you give a compliment, and I stop getting Josh McDonald's. Four I, seconds later, they've got to take a shot. I, Marvin is stealing your bit. Like, Getting on the air, not saying anything. See, that's why. That's what makes Paulie. He can handle those situations. Even if you thought he was raising his hand, he always has something yes. in his pocket to say. He'll never say, but uh, you, "I didn't raise my hand." I don't know why you called. Todd, you always have something to say. Always. It doesn't necessarily help the show, and it kind of puts you in Except a left turn. Except for when I go to you, and you're like, "I, I, I don't know where the I, poll question I, is." I, I, I got, I'm booking guests. I got all yeah. kinds of other stuff going on. <laughs> Todd, See, that's not necessary. Todd in Ohio. I'm going to the periodontist later. Thanks. It's Todd in Ohio. Hi, Todd. Hey, DP. Hi, Super Todd. Pumped you took my call. Yeah, what's you on your mind? You stole me from Cowherd, by the way. You, you stole me. Oh. I've been a listener for about a year now. And um, so I'm in the shower the other day, and I'm singing uh, Stat of the Day. Jingle just came out, and my wife says, "What the hell is stat of the day?" And I was like, "Hey, you know what? Scram, mind your business. I'm in the shower here. <laughs> Scram. She's in trouble. She's in trouble." Oh, let me hear I how it sounds. Make a... let, let me hear how it sounds. Huh? Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Pop pop. <laughs> I like it. I like but it. She's in trouble. She's going to make a run at Jimmy G, man. <laughs> she, she 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 nicknamed him something else. I won't say it on air, but. Uh, Jimmy G, you 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 kind of get my flow there, but uh, I'm going. You know, anyway. Well, thank you, Todd. Thank you for calling in. 
a little loose at the end. Yeah. A <laughs> loose in turn three. Yeah. Singing sad. You can listen to Colin and this show, you know. Like, we're not at the same time. We're not competitors. Uh, Nathan in Los Angeles. Hi, Nate. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. It's good to talk to you again. So, my question is, does the NFL have a provision, or what is the nature of their provision to force Steven Ross out if it comes to that, a la what the NBA was able to do with Sterling and what Major League Baseball was able to do with Mark Shaw years ago? What would it do they have a provision like that, and what would it take in order to invoke such a thing? Probably, thank you, Nate, probably the owners would vote. And, you know, because the commissioner works for the owners, but I would think in a situation like this, I don't think that the commissioner has that kind of autonomy. But I would think if the owners, uh, or you have a group of owners who make all the de- decisions, um you know, it might go to something like that. You got it, Pauline? Yeah, Section 8.13 uh, of the NFL's Constitution and Bylaws. The commissioner can determine if an owner of a team has been guilty of conduct detrimental to the welfare of the league or professional football as a whole. Based off that determination, the commissioner can issue fines, censures, draft picks, whatever, or in extreme cases could push for a vote of the other owners to force that yeah. owner to sell. The commissioner's vote, which he would oversee, the executive committee, they would need a three-quarters vote of the owners or the executive committee, depending on how they look at it. Okay. Yeah, so it would come down to a vote, and you'd have to have 75% of the owners. But look, that, that's a long way away. Long way away. I don't know if you know this part of the story with Brian Flores gets to trial, becomes part of it. Uh, it feels like it's separate, even though he's suing the Dolphins. Uh, I guess wrongful termination here. The fact that you wanted me to lose. I won games and you fired me. And then you add the $100,000 allegedly that you're paying me to lose. Oh, man. The NFL, the gift that keeps on giving. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And this day in sports history. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Final results of the poll question, Todd. Did Tom Brady intentionally not acknowledge the Patriots in his retirement announcement? 77% believe yes, 23% no. All right. This day in sports history, Paulie. Well, I got this one. It's not exactly this day in sports history, but uh, I look back at this. In 2019, the Dolphins, they won their last two games. They beat Cincinnati in overtime, 
And then they beat the New England Patriots 27-24. If they didn't win those two games, they would have been able to draft Joe Burrow out of college. <laughs> so that's just history, not necessarily this day. But <laughs> yeah. they were 3-11 and going the last few games of the season. Duh. And they won their last two with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that cost them Joe Burrow. Because even though the Bengals had the number one pick for Joe Burrow, Stephen Ross reportedly wanted to trade up. Like, What was it going to take to be able to get Joe Burrow? And then you start to... Think about, I mean, they whiffed. They didn't get Joe Burrow, and they didn't get Justin Herbert because they took Tua Tonga-Bailoa. Uh, get a couple of phone calls in here. 1970, on this date, Pete Maravich became the first college basketball player to score 3,000 points. On this day, 2020, Patrick Mahomes earned MVP honors as uh, the Chiefs beat the Niners in uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul. I got one more sports history and a question. Right. 1967, the ABA, the American Basketball Association, was formed. Mm-hmm. And how big of an ABA fan were you? Did it Was it competitive? I loved watching it because it was exciting. It, it was sort of like the USFL, that you had some big names there. I don't know if it was great basketball, but you had different rules. You had the red, white, and blue ball. You had the three-point shot. Was the three-point shot like... Uh, not a gimmick, but kind of a ABA gimmick, and then the NBA followed suit way later. Yeah, yeah. So that, what about that? Is that their lasting impact? Maybe the the three point shot. That and also the teams that got absorbed by the NBA as well, because then you're you're acknowledging that you know you guys were quality, and and they did have a lot of great players in the ABA. But I I was fortunate to see the Kentucky Colonels. They had uh, Artis Gilmore, Dan Issel, Louis Dampier. That was a fun team. And that team could compete against uh, NBA teams. Um, I saw Dr. J one time with the Virginia Squires. Uh, Johnny Newman, who led the nation in scoring at Mississippi, I think. He went to the Memphis Tams. Got to see him play. What's a Tam? I have no idea. It's like those crackers, little Tam Tams. I don't, I don't know, but I think they were called the Memphis Tams. What about the Qs? Wasn't there a team that was just called the Q, letter Q? I think there was a team called the Qs. The, if I remember my old basketball cards. I don't know what city they're from. Well, there was like the San Diego Conquistadors. Oh, maybe it went with a Q. But that was... I uh, got Virginia Squires, Carolina Cougars, Spirits of St. Louis, uh, the Utah Stars, the Kentucky Colonels, yeah. the Anaheim Amigos... Only I don't think they were around that long. Yeah, yeah, it was fun because it was just it it was wide open, and you had the red, white, and blue ball. And then it it did feel uh, kind of substandard to the NBA at the time. But then you realize when those players got into the NBA, they were great players. Uh, they you know ABA gave us a slam dunk contest, but I remember there was a game, Dan Issel. It, I think it was the Kentucky Colonels played against Luel Sindor. And uh, Issel had like 40, and uh, Luel Sindor was dominating. People don't realize, when Lou was with the Bucks, he was, it felt like it was 30-18 every night and probably five or six blocks. He was just, he was really, really special when you watched him, what he did and how he did it. Because your big men weren't, as versatile as him. Uh, you know, Wilt was a great athlete, but he, wasn't, he couldn't shoot. Uh, Russell wasn't an offensive guy, but he was extremely athletic. 
But then you had a lot of just big guys. You know, if you're seven footer, you're like, you're the big guy. And uh, it just felt like Kareem extended the play of a center. But then you had Bob Lanier. Uh, Bob Rule was another older player. These were big men who could shoot outside. It was fun. It, it was fun. The uh, San Diego Conquistadors, so they were, they, they were known as the Qs, right? In the early to mid-70s. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we have? Uh, how about a Harbaugh bet? Ooh. Jim Harbaugh at Jim Harbaugh tomorrow morning at this, at this point, tomorrow morning, coming up on nine Pacific, 9 a.m. Pacific is still the Michigan coach, the Vikings coach or other because maybe you'd be headed to Miami. Wow. What do you want to take Todd? I'm going to say as of the start of the show or or end of the show tomorrow. End of the show. I think he will still be with Michigan. Okay. That's not to say he won't ultimately be the Vikings coach, but at that moment, he'll still be Michigan. All right, Paulie. I will say the Vikings coach tomorrow. I don't think the Vikings do it. No, you can't do it. you got to wait a little bit with what just happened with Brian Flores. (laughs) Like You can't go in, hey, we just hired Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Marvin. Yeah, they made an agreement. They shake hands. But let's wait. So technically, he's still the Michigan coach tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Let's see. What else do I have? Rich in Nebraska. Hey, Rich, what do you have for me? Well, I just wanted to get my numbers of pronostication from Fritzy. Okay. My my birthday is seven seven fifty seven, and I was born in room two oh seven at twelve oh seven in the <laughs> afternoon. And I uh, my first name Richard, seven letters. I'm in the funeral industry, seven letters. Fritzy, what does it mean? Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a little frightening. I would just, uh, I don't know, I would just go about my business with extra caution why, in general in your daily life. Why are you frightened by numbers? I'm not, I find numbers very intriguing. It's when they all line up a certain way. You know, sometimes that freaks me out a little bit. Well, you're not going to die. I know, but just, I, I don't know, there's something about when I mean, all you're, the numbers you're going to die, but not because of the numbers. Not because of the numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's not like numbers are going to fall on you. I'm like, I, oh! I'm fascinated by numbers. And I just sometimes if they're all the same. I'm like, uh, I don't know. What did you learn today? Um, come to think of it, the day 2222 <laughs> isn't all that special because in 20 days, it'll be 22222. And 20 days from now, less than three, it's the same thing. Fuel your drive all year long with M-Drive, the supplement for driven guys that provides healthy testosterone support and boost energy. Visit mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. Our good buddy Ross Tucker on the program tomorrow. Thanks for the phone calls, the all-around support. If you see Seton on the road, say hello. Close out the show with Simply Safe Home Security. Have you ever wanted to know what's happening at home when you're not there? I'm a big fan of the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. You can see what's happening outside your home, right from your phone, alerts you when anyone approaches, so you know who's there. There's so many great things about Simply Safe. And let's say you got kids are at home, maybe you're not able to be there, maybe you're keeping an eye on your driveway. You can do all of that with Simply Safe. But you can arm your house, monitor 
24-7 by professionals ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs. And really, $1 a day. Less than $1 a day. You can set it up around 30 minutes. No long-term contracts or commitments. So many great things. Motion sensors, indoor, outdoor cameras. Customize the perfect system from your home. Take you just a couple minutes. You go to simplysafedan.com. Decide what you want. Deliver right to your home. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafedan.com and tell them we sent you.